Um, yeah, it's great to be able to come and share with you. Um, I was sat down there listening. You know, anyone think that there was an architect behind the days? I know it's been said many times before from the front. But it's incredible, isn't it, how different people doing different things, and yet at the same time it all weaves together because we've got a God who oversees everything and brings the individual parts together, produce a whole that is a blessing and um, a directional thing that he brings. And it's been great to sit there, because I've been reading my notes thinking, have I wrote these in Chinese? Because I'm just thinking, I, I, just, I just can't get them today. Um, but I know that's part of what the service is all about, in terms of what the theme I'm sharing. Um, a few weeks ago, Dave um, brought Cindy a, a message to launch into the year, and he talked about the 2020 vision that he launched in 2010, and then began to sense that we were on that aspect of moving into a new, new dimension, moving into like the Joshua 3, where we're on the, the, the edge of the promised land and we're about to move into something new and we've not been this way before and it's going to be new and it's going to be different and it's a time for consecration, it's time for getting our hearts and ourselves ready for the new, um, not just season, but the new era that God's going to take us into. And he said it's not a time to settle down. We could easily settle, couldn't we, in a building? And settle down with a nice comfortableness uh, of church. And, and then last week, Hugh came along and he, he brought from Luke 8 this whole aspect of obstacles and challenges, both internal and external. And I knew that I was being asked to speak today. And so I looked at those two and I said, Lord, what is, what is the kind of thing that you want me to share? And we've been doing this series around wisdom. And I felt the Lord say to me, let's do some wisdom about warfare some wisdom about warfare I can't cover everything um, but if you actually look at that story of Joshua 3 when the people of Israel were on the promised land the edge what was the first thing they had to do was cross the river that was a battle in itself that was a struggle in itself to walk into a flooded river and move from the dry land of safety through a river in flood where it wasn't safe to a cross into a place where there was a walled city that was bristling with armed soldiers who were opposing the people of Israel and bearing in mind they hadn't fought any battles they hadn't mastered any weaponry of warfare and yet here they were moving in and so they had to quickly learn some keys on how to fight the battles going into the new land into the new promises and, and I felt the Lord say to me just bring some wisdom around warfare for the people today. So that's what we're going to do. Hopefully some wisdom. And um, have you realised that wherever and whenever the kingdom of God expands and his people move into something new, into a new era, into a new possession, into a new dimension, into a, a new circumstance, there is often that aspect of struggle and warfare and battle and it's often because struggle, stretching, effort is all part of transformation and transition. And if you don't have the struggle, the stretching, the effort, that transformation, that transition isn't as robust, isn't as dynamic, isn't as strong as it could be without it. I'm sure you've heard many a time before the illustration of the caterpillar. And when it goes into that cocoon state 
And when it wants to transform into a butterfly, it has to struggle, it has to fight, it has to battle to break out of the cocoon. It has to struggle and and wriggle its way and push its way out of that which is restricting it and holding it, that it's been safe, it's been comfortable, it's been needed. But to move into becoming the butterfly, the thing that it was created to be, to shine and to bring beauty and and enjoyment. It's got to go through that transition of struggle and battle and effort to become it. The other illustration is about the tree. If the tree doesn't stand in the wind and bend and weigh and sway with the wind, the roots don't get grounded, they don't get strong. So when the real storms come, it will fall flat. But if it's had that wind just bending it, Wiggling it to effort, it grows, it strengthens, and when the storms come, it stands. And, my friend, what a brilliant exposition. I don't know if you saw, but as soon as you said, I feel Matthew 11, 12, I said to Kirsten, look at that, look what's there. I said, he's pinched me flaming sermon. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? And it was a brilliant exposition of, of that verse. And people, get hold of that. It's true that from the day of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven's been forcefully advancing and forceful or violent men take hold of it. And the upheaval that's caused by the kingdom of God is not caused by political provocation or armed advance. It's the result of God's order, God's people standing up, allowing the Spirit, Holy Spirit to come into them, to work in them and through them, going then out into relationships, into households, into cities, into nations and bringing that which they've struggled with and transformed within themselves into some other area. And as you allow that to happen, that household, that relationship, that city, that nation then cannot be not affected because you've been transformed and you're taking the transformation power of God into that circumstance. And that's the kingdom of God advancing and that's the power of the kingdom and of the gospel. And that's what Ant was also sharing earlier on. And it saves me spending time on that. So thanks for that, Ant. Really appreciate it because it was spot on for today. And so I think the first wisdom that I want to share, if you need to recognise it's a spiritual battle, people. It's a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the principalities and powers of this dark age. And yes, we can strategize. We can array our human forces of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, argument, pretense, context. And we can have all of that wonderful stuff that we use from day to day. And it is wonderful. But when it comes to taking kingdom, when it comes to transformation of society and of individuals' lives who were wrapped up in darkness and being held by the powers of this dark age, it's a battle that we can only win on the spiritual level. Yes, we need to be involved in the practical day-to-day stuff, that's really important, but that will only get you so far. If you want to see complete and utter victory and transformation, it got to realise, people, that the wisdom is it's a spiritual battle. 
And we can only fight effectively if we realise that all the stuff that is manipulated in our lives and in the lives of those people that we come and rub shoulders with in our workplaces, our social networks, in our colleges, in our schools, wherever we might be, behind them, there is the powers of darkness. Behind them, there is the dominions and powers of this dark age that the Bible talks about. And if we want to really know victory, we've got to realise that it's them that we tackle, not the people, not the circumstances we're in, but it's the power, it's the spirit behind it, it's the dominion behind it, that in the physical you possibly can't see, but in the spiritual you can begin to see with the eyes of the spirit that the actual demonic powers and forces that are controlling, manipulating and changing things. And we've got to realise that the ultimate result and the ultimate outcome is actually determined in the spiritual realm by the one who has already fought that battle and has overcome in absolute victory, in total domination and total destruction of every principality and power that there's ever been, that there currently is and there ever will be. And that's the Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, the victor to whom all authority on earth and in heaven and under the earth has been given. All authority, not just some, but all authority. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says that God's ways are not our ways, nor his thoughts our thoughts. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways, and his thoughts than our thoughts. Often, in the spiritual, it might not make any earthly sense. But when we get the spiritual sense, and often with hindsight, those things come together. I remember being in Nigeria, and uh, we were going to go and take the gospel to a village that had never had the gospel before. And uh, I was learning, and it made no sense to me what they were doing. I thought, right, we're going to go, and we're going to preach the gospel, and we're going to see souls saved, and all the rest of it. And they said, no. We send in the prayer warriors first. They go and walk through the village. They go and pray. They go and talk to people. They get a sense of what's happening in the spirit. They begin to see what God is saying. Is this the right village to hold a crusade in or not? They, they walk through. They pray through. They talk with the Lord and say, what's going on? What's the spiritual battles that we need to be aware of? And once they'd got a sense of that, they then sent in the worship team. The worship team would walk the streets and they would sing and they would praise, and they would worship God. And I was going, but when is the preaching? When is the word of God? When they went, whoa, just wait. And after those two phases had happened, then and only then did they send in the team that went forward to invite people to the crusade. And then after that, and only after that, did they actually take the people preaching the gospel. It made no sense to me, but they recognised that to take an area and a dominion, the battle wasn't in the physical, standing up, someone preaching the gospel, as good as it is, and as powerful as it is, but they realised that there was a spiritual battle behind it that needed winning first and foremost. And it's the same for this area. What is the spiritual battle for this area that we need to be aware of? And as we get that, we will begin to see things unfold correctly and things will happen because we've used the wisdom that God gives. So wisdom one, when we move into the new, we need to face the new challenges from the viewpoint that it's a spiritual battle 
And it's the spirits behind the actions and people that are enemy, not the people themselves. And it's a spiritual battle that's often won in the quiet and the out-of-the-way place. You know, with no fanfare about the prayer warriors going into these villages in Nigeria, they were just sent quietly, unannounced, to sense what was going on. Wisdom one. Wisdom two. Recognize his lordship over your life. It's a word that we don't actually recognize so much here in the UK anymore. Yes, we've got the House of Lords, love them or hate them, we've got the House of Lords, but people do not often know what that title carries and what the implication was. Go back a thousand years and you'd know what a Lord was and you'd know the power and the authority that they had over life and death. But the, the dictionary puts it like this. Lordship is supreme power or rule. It is complete dominion and utter and complete obedience demanded from its subjects. And if you act on the Lord's command, you have to do it without hesitation and without question. And Jesus said this in Luke 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet not do what I say? And that's a challenge, isn't it, for us as a Christian? We can quite easily say, Lord, you're my Lord, you're my Lord. But when it comes to the rubber hitting the road and it comes to the get up and go, if he really is Lord, do we realise that he's got supreme power and rule over every aspect of our life? And he demands our utter and complete obedience. No questions, no hesitation. When he says do this, it's no, Lord, are you sure? I'm really not quite sure I heard you correctly. Should we have a little bit debate about it? That's not lordship. If God says do this, if he's truly Lord, you do it. If he says do the other, you do it. If he says say this, you say it. That's what lordship's all about. It's about pleasing him. And it comes down to what I've classed here as my story versus his story. When I live in my story, I'm in control. It's all about me. I want to do what I want to do in the way that I want to do it, when I want to do it. It's me, 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 me. It's all about me. I, I sense I want to do this. I sense I want to do that. But often when it's me, 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 and what I want, I want, I want, so many times with experience, what I've found is it leads to disappointment. It leads often to shame or to guilt or to anger or to jealousy or to lust or to anything else that you can put an, a negative emotion to because I don't know the full picture and I get it wrong. And if I want, you know, let's talk about something. I wanted to be a pharmacist years ago. I failed my A-levels. I was really disappointed. And I complained to God about it. And he went, no, that door's closed. And I was like, whatever for? But then he opened up the doorway into missions work and to seeing cultures and people and taking the gospel into nations I never thought I'd take them into. My story was I'm going to be a pharmacist, make loads of money, build my own house and have a fish tank. That was it. <laughs> 
God's story was something different, bigger, better, more exciting than my story. I could have been in disappointment, but God took me through that. My story often leads in the negative, but his story, when we settle this whole thing of lordship and we realise that it's his story and whatever we are going through, he is with us in it and he is working it out and he is working all things together for good. Even if we don't see it and don't understand it, go back to Isaiah 55, his ways are different to our ways. Even if we don't see it, if we're saying, Lord, you are the Lord of my life and I'm completely trusting in you and I'm completely being obedient to you and I want to see your story unfurled in my life and your story come to success in my life, it relieves us from that disappointment, the shame, the guilt, the worry, the fear. Because it's all about his story. He owns that. It's up to him to sort it out. It's up to him to make a way. He's responsible for it all. James 4.10 If you humble yourselves before the Lord, he will lift you up. Philippians 2 Have the same attitude of Christ who humbled himself even to death on the cross. But yet the Father exalted him to the highest place above all things Matthew 16 24 says take up your cross daily what does that mean again crosses we don't see crosses we don't understand the punishment of death by crucifixion but Jesus says to us today take up your cross daily what does that mean it's dying to my story and living for his story Dying to what I want to do in my way when I want it, but saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? I want to be completely, totally sold out and committed for you. So wisdom too. Victory is rooted in our lives when we're totally submitted to the Lord. And that implies our complete obedience to him, even when we don't get it and we don't understand it with this human thinking. Thirdly, recognise that you need to know him. So it's a spiritual battle. Have we settled the lordship? But then do we need to, then we need to know him. Daniel eleven thirty two. Those who know their God shall do great exploits and be strong. Do we know him? To fight the battles that come our way, whether they're physical or spiritual, we need to be strong in word, in deed, in faith, in character, in knowledge. But it needs to be grounded in knowing who the supplier of that strength is. And that word know in this verse here is from the Hebrew where it turned, it's a root of ascertain by seeing. So we know by seeing. It's an experiential knowing. I know that I know that I know because I've seen it, I've felt it, I've, I've experienced it, I've understood it. It's not just a knowing. I know the Queen because I've read about her, I've seen her on the TV, but I don't know the Queen. I've not sat down with her, we've not dialogued, we've not discoursed, I've not shared things with her and she shared things with me. And that's what this word, those who know their God, is all about. It's an experiential knowing. Have you not just heard about God and the great things he's done, but have you experienced them? Have you put him to the test? Have you walked in his ways, seen his power flow through you and through others that you've come into contact with? Do you really know him? And if we're truly to make him Lord, then we need to know him. And as we know him and then we can trust him, we have confidence in him, don't we? 
So when he says something that to us seems a little bit strange, a little bit out there, we can go, I don't understand it, but because I know my God, I'm going to take his word at face value and I'm going to run with it and I'm going to pursue it. And as we do that, he then unfolds all the power and authority of heaven behind it and says, because of your obedience, then I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. So do we know him? John Eight said Jesus only said and did what he heard and saw his father doing. But we can only hear and see when we're in close proximity, can't we? Do we really know him? And as we know him, we hear him and see him, and then the strength of that relationship launches us forth into doing and using the authority of our Lord and allowing it to be unleashed. And we can see the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the healings, the transformations of lives, of circumstances and situations. I've shared this before, but once I was walking through the woods with the family and Aaron was little and he walked up into the woods and onto the embankment and the the woods went up that way and the path went down this way. And we got to a point where there was about a 10 foot drop and Aaron was stood there and he's going, Dad, how can I get down? I can't go back that way. I can't go forward that way. What am I to do? And I said to him, just jump, son. <clears throat> and Aaron being Aaron, just jumped. He took me at his word because he knew me. He knew that if I said jump, I would catch him. He knew me. And he trusted me. Are we like that with the Lord? When he says jump, do we jump? Or do we go, Lord, it's a long way down. Are you sure you're going to catch me? Are you strong enough? Are you big enough? Are you able? Aaron just didn't even think twice. He just ran and launched. And I caught him. It's that kind of knowing. Wisdom three. We need to know him experientially, not just theoretically. Wisdom four, recognize that it's his battle. 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, for the battle is the Lord's. One of the benefits of settling the lordship and whose story is it is the fact that when it's his story, it's his responsibility, it's his battle, it's his provision, it's his, it's his. If I haven't settled that and it's my story, then it's my responsibility my battle, my provision, my resources. And I don't have too much of those, and I'm not that strong, and I haven't got that much in the bank. I've got kids. So, <laughs> but it's, when it's all settled, then it's his. It's his. It's his battle. And he fights for us. And yes, we might need to enforce the result of his battle and the victory that he has won. He has won it. And there is a day when we will see it completely, but he has won the battle. And in the midst of that, we need to know that because it's his battle, he will dispatch the armies of heaven to our aid when we need them. He will unleash the resources of heaven to us when we need them. He will, he will, he will. But in the middle of that, we need to recognise his instructions. And sometimes they might be strange. In 2 Samuel 5, the Spirit of the Lord said to David, when you hear the armies of God marching in the tops of the trees, don't stand still, get out into the battlefield and fight. That seemed a bit odd, doesn't it? 
But he did it, and the victory was his. Paul in Ephesians 6 talks about being equipped in the full armour of God and wearing the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace on your feet and the helmet of salvation. Uh, What's that all about? Seems a bit odd, doesn't it? But it's equipment that God has given us to fight the battles with. Galatians 5 says, walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? How do we do that? But it's an instruction from the Lord. We've touched on Joshua 3, consecrate yourself, get right in here, get, get repented, get a right heart, get a holy attitude. And through consecration and humility and submission comes strategy, authority, power and victory. Ephesians 4 says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't play with sin. Don't tempt it. Don't stand there going, I'm really strong in my Christian faith so I can walk this close to the edge of falling into sin, but I'm strong so I know what I'm doing. Because what tends to happen is you tend to slip over the edge. The Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. If you read the Pauline epistles, how many times does he say, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. And then, and then, and then. 2 Corinthians 6 says we fight with weapons of righteousness in our right hand and in our left hand, right before God. Wisdom number four, when we use God's strategies for what lies before us, then we can know victory and possession of that which is promised, even if it's contended for by our enemies. It's a spiritual battle, people, and we're going to find battles as we go into this new era. And yes, it might be scary and it might be bewildering, just like the people of Israel crossing over, they were probably bewildered. You know, there's a little phrase, isn't there, um, that we sometimes hear, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. God's calling us into something new, into something dynamic, into something bigger, something better, something more strategic, more influential. But if we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always got. But God's calling us into something different. And there'll be battles along the way. But if we recognise that it's a spiritual battle, if we settle this whole aspect of lordship and who is actually lord of our life and every aspect of the lord of our life, if we then realise that it's only those who know God and really experientially know him, that they'll do the great things going forward. And then we recognise that as we listen to his instructions, things will work out right. Then, as we enter the new land, the new era, the new vision, the new dynamism, the new whatever God's got in store, we will start to see people's lives transformed, situations unlocked, and the kingdom of God come here in this place, as we want to see, as we've been singing about today, and as it's in our hearts to do. And then we can know victory over the evil influences, the spiritual powers of darkness, afflictions, difficulties, worldly situations. But it's only when we have wisdom of warfare from God's perspective that these things will happen. And that's why I say some wisdom. There's a lot more wisdom we could talk about today. But if we're going to really move in, And see everything that's on God's heart, not only for this estate, but for this town, for this area and this nation and the nations of the world. We've got to recognise that there'll be battles along the way. But he has won. He has won the victory. 
And then he imparts it to us and says, now go and establish my victory in every circumstance, every situation, every life, every household, every nation under sun. Amen. Shall we stand? Andy and the worship team can take on from there. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you and we thank you for your word and the truth of the fact that you're leading us into a new era. And Lord, that might be confusing, it might be worrying, it might be unsettling for many But Lord, help us to have the right attitude of you're calling us and we're responding. And you've gone before us and there's nothing that we're not going to face that you've not already resourced and equipped and prepared us for. So Father, help us to be men and women of faith who arise and stand firm on the truth of your word. Fight the battles that we need to fight and pose the kingdom of God on those areas where we need to impose it. But above all, recognise that it's not in our strength and through our own abilities, but through yours and yours alone that these things can be accomplished and attained. And Lord, we want to see great Grimsby be great in the physical and in the spiritual a place that's known for the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that then influences way beyond our borders. And Lord, we thank you that you've chosen us to be part of that. So Lord, help us to have the right attitude, one of humble submission to you. And then Lord, together, Help us accomplish what's on your heart for this area and these people. In Jesus' name.